build your own. Somebody said that about me today. They're like, you know, Charles always says, build your own. And that's what I say. If they aren't going to let you in their investment companies and their family office, if they're not going to promote you to that level, guess what? You get to build your own. Congratulations. Tweet right. Talk right. episode 62. It's lit. It's hot, hot. Hot. This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of generational wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Are we on the air, Tweet sugar? Dope. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Megan himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. This is episode Kawhi Leonard, MVP, Aaron, MVP, I think, MVP. Did he get the MVP award? Yeah, pretty sure. I don't know. But he definitely is an NBA champ, two-time NBA champ. Second uh, one coming from the Clippers because the Clippers cannot be stopped, man. They beat the Mavericks by, like, 30 points. They were not playing with them fools. So I'm happy for my team. I'm happy the underdog is uh, – the underdog has it all from not accepting handouts, dog. That's the currency said. And the Clippers are the underdog. Of course, we built like this mega team. But people are still thinking the Lakers are going to take it. But I don't think the Lakers are checking. If you look at our starting lineups, man, we're way deeper. I mean, even if we, like Lou Will, not a starter, but Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, we match up, man. We got Montrez Harrell. We got Pat Beverly. We got uh, some players, Maurice Morris, players players bro players and the lakers got yeah. javel mcgee so <laughs> not quite the same not quite the same so for the new um, listeners hold on. Okay. Hmm? Spe- special shout out to sierra and paris for this fire bottle of classe azul mezcal isn't that what you call it? it's called mezcal right yeah yeah this stuff is fire it's not like it's not fire in the way that it's like, oh, this is kind of smooth. It's fire in that you can taste the quality of the ingredients in this alcohol. Like mm. it is very it's 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 a quality stuff. I wonder how much it costs. Here's a bottle. They bought two bottles for my birthday. They were doing it up. I didn't even really look to see how much it costs. I think it's kind of expensive. I don't know. You talk about mezcal. That brings me up. Uh, Bro, it's like Jeezy. a three hundred dollar bottle. That's cr- I know they didn't spend three hundred dollars on these bottles. That's crazy. She's that's that's the kind of girl this year is though, man. Two hundred and fifty dollars on this bottle. I'm not even gonna open the other one. I'm saving that. Shout out to Sierra Wilson. Got her own law firm. Her own courses on Gumroad. Shout out to Paris. Paris Gilder, <laughs> aka Paris Millionaire, aka P Millie. Ring, ring, money is calling. Shout out to the girls, both in LA. And for the new listeners or who are, who are not familiar with the show, I am your host, Raphael Husbands. You can find me on Twitter at Work Money Life. And my co-host is Charles Oglesby, the third JD. Don't forget the JD. Please say the JD. 
<laughs> Lil Wayne just said, please send the baby. I said, please send the JD. Charles Oglesby JD, and please say the JD. And my man Charles is also known as Todd Millionaire, aka Todd Millie, aka at Todd Billion on Twitter, aka what I call him now, Mr. Featured in Forbes. Hmm. My guy got himself a feature in Forbes magazine. Or at least online. Yeah, yeah. hopefully it comes in the magazine, but yeah, definitely online. And I was in the shower and when i'm in the shower i tell alexa i'm like alexa play my uh Emma, Emma, or alexa what's my flash briefing and i was listening to forbes and then they started reading my article i was like that's crazy wow. they're like the tide op- the tide capital options group is doing blah 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 so i say all this to say man this all came from imperfection and i always tell people like get started get fancy later but that doesn't mean they're not going to slander your imperfection, but you're still making progress. I would rather make progress than sit around wondering about what was, and you never know what's going to catch fire. You never know. You never know. They make it seem like I just was like, I'm going to make the best options course in the history of options courses. No, I just put my experience out there, and it applies to somebody. People will go, and they'll pay $2,000 from a college professor to teach them options, Professor never taught no options, never actually traded more, any options. More than 2000 Yeah. I mean, you, you, you pop up, and you're like, pay me $50. And they're like, oh, man. That's a scam. We, Some of a scam. <laughs> we are our own worst enemy, man. It's sad. You could, you could, that's why they always say, like, we are all we need. It's because we're the only people holding us back. Nobody else is holding us back. They might not be doing nothing for us, but they're not actively holding us back. We actively make efforts to hold each other back every day, and I'm sick of this stuff. And you know what? Actually, when you say, like, you come up and you say, I got a course for 50 bucks, it's not even so much. Like, you know, they don't come up first with a with scam, calling it a scam. It's like, it's bad when they come up. You come up with a, a course that's very affordable. You say, I'm running a sale for 50 bucks, and they come up. You should, be, you should be teaching the community this for free. That's who. Like your time isn't worth something. Like you should be sitting. Or your skills, your experience. Like, like you got time to sit down and, t- and talk to every individual in the DMs and and give them a whole like college course one by one. And even worse, even worse is when people want to tweet. They want you to tweet a whole thesis or something. It's like you got two hundred forty characters, man. What are you thinking? Shout yeah. out to my new followers, man. Sometimes the, the cancel is a good thing. When I lost my old account, I came back with like an, a, a host of really dope followers. It was like a purge because now all my followers rock with the real me. I posted something about like police brutality today and I didn't get drugged because I don't have a lot of people who just don't really rock with me. I was like, I was very surprised. I was like, bro, like, let me delete this because I, I don't want to accidentally get drugged. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a very interesting society because I never, like when you when somebody wants to criticize you, they're gonna find everything to criticize. And so somebody was like, "This dude has y'all paying to like be affiliates, and people been paying." So it's like, why should I be able to charge? Why does the black man have to give everything away for free? I think that sounds like slavery, Raphael. Why they want us to be slaves? It'd be your own fam. It'd be your own people. Like, nah, man, I need this for free. And this is why 
I do do things with my family for free. Mm-hmm. I never charge my family because I feel like your family is definitely one of those people who feel like you should be doing stuff for free. Strangers, I could just ignore you and find the person who will pay because I don't need all 112,000 of y'all to rock with me. I just need 10,000 of you to rock with me. And even 10,000, I mean, that's still kind of just like more. You might not even need that many. Right, right, right. So as I was saying earlier, we take tweets and we break them down and they're all about building black wealth and moving the culture forward. So Charles, based on what you were just saying, you talk, we talk, we always talk about on this show, get started and get fancy later. And you were talking about how this all came from imperfection. So you had a tweet where you said, after you become successful, you can slow down and start pushing out perfect. Absolutely. And, and also, you know what you should be doing. And so one of the, the reasons why you don't want to spend too much time perfecting stuff that you launch is you don't even know what's going to stick and you only have this much time. And so you need to launch as much stuff as possible, get as much stuff out there as possible. Cause if you don't, you're losing precious time. Time is more important than money. And so you get something out there and then you figure out what works. And the reason why I tweeted that is because I'm creating another community based off of the community that I have now. And I was laying out all the steps. I'm paying for the graphics. I'm paying for this. I'm paying for that. But it's a more targeted approach because I know it works. So even with um, the views bags, it's like my views thing is more targeted. I've already paid for social media content. I've already ordered a bunch of this stuff. I've already paid for um, somebody to set up my Shopify site. And since I've already kind of gone through the process of going from A to Z success, now it's not so much of a guessing game. And now I can move with like perfect steps in order because I'm not guessing. And, the, and, and getting guessing out of the way is probably one of the most important things you can do. Because if you're guessing, you don't want to be wasting money guessing. You you probably don't have the budget to waste money guessing. At this point in time, I kind of do have the money to guess. So if I did have to guess, now I can afford to maybe gamble a little bit. And so I say all that to say, and I've said this before, like that first business is the most difficult. That first business is going to be the one that you have to bootstrap. And a perfect example is Elon Musk. He started, um, he's actually started in multiple companies. He always sells the company and then buys another one. And so before eBay, there was actually like a tech company that he sold. But let's just use the eBay example where he sold his whole eBay, took like 200 million, I think it was a lot of money, maybe even more than that, might've been like 400 million. And he immediately invested into Tesla. He invested into SpaceX and he invested into the Solar City company, I believe. But the thing is, is not only is he taking his money, he also has his time. And then he also has that knowledge. He has the knowledge of what it took to take eBay from this to that. He also has the connections. Now, you know, key players, which is going to make your third business that much stronger. You know, the best software developers, you know, um, the best CEOs, you know, the best management staff. And so, Also, one of the cool things, and I was talking about this this morning, is you have your free time. And so if you make a million, two million dollars and you only really need like $60,000 to live, you can pretty much exist off of your savings for five years. And let's say it takes five years for you to get another substantial business. Now you have the ability 
to not worry about cash, show up every day, work your business. And this is kind of the benefit of rich people. When you're rich, you get to work on what matters. When you have money, you get to do the things that are going to create big money, not create barely getting by money. When you don't have money, a lot of times jobs play on this. They're like, you can't even afford to leave here if you wanted to. You can't even afford to, to negotiate your salary because you, you don't have a job right now. What leverage do you have? And so I think it's so powerful and it's going to be the most big of a grind, but everything doesn't have to be like that. That first business might even take five years. The second business might take one and a half years because you know stuff. I know stuff. I know it's I'm coaching people on that process now. And I've always kind of wanted to be like a business development coach where, cause I'm just, I feel like business is the best thing you could be getting into. Business is better than real estate. Just today alone, I made more money than our rental properties made us all year. And it's frustrating sometimes cause it's like, damn, I've been trying to get these rentals doing this shit for three years and I ain't rich. And then you do this and you can make some money in six months. You walk into the uh, favorable circumstances and you know how to capitalize on that. And so that's, that's pretty much it. Um, we've talked about it before, build that first business, grind through that first business. It's going to be imperfect, but now you can take steps and you can say, okay, I need shirts for my business. Okay. I need equipment for our business. Okay. I need to invest here for my business because you have the means, but you also have the knowledge. Right, right, right. You also had a tweet saying invest the riches and become wealthy. So first and foremost, it's crazy how much money you can make when you have money. Like crazy, Raphael. Mm-hmm. So I have I have two accounts. I'm gonna just be transparent for the sake of Twitter. I and this is just my Chase side. So I have a savings account and I have a brokerage account. And in my savings account, let's just hypothetically say there's a half million dollars in that savings account. And I make five dollars a month. And so what I decided to do is I had like a random $400,000 sitting in my checking account. And I was like, let's put this into my brokerage account. And so I opened up a brokerage account on like July 37th, 31st, rather July 31st. And that thing last time I checked was up $19,000, Raphael. So I have $400,000 that generated $19,000 and I have a half million dollars that generated $15. And then in my other brokerage account, I have some money in that account. It's up to like, 70 grand or not 70 yeah like 70 grand and so you you look at that oh like that's a six-figure salary and i still have a half million dollars sitting here that i can put to work and so i'm just like i could legit live out of my investments like just today i made like eight because when you have big money small blips make you big money and so in actuality i don't even have to really trade options anymore because my big portfolio makes options level money I have like 100 shares of this, 200 shares of that, 300 shares of that. And so when it goes up, I make money just as if I'd had the options contract. Granted, I do have a portfolio where I do trade options. I have like four or five investment accounts now. Um, but like, that's the thing is like, we get money. And I was like, honestly, I, I'm, I have all this money, but I don't, I don't really want to buy anything anymore. I'm just looking for better assets I'm at, or to upgrade the business. So I'm looking, okay, what can I buy? Like just this week, I was like, what can I buy to take the podcast to the next level? I was looking at mics. I was looking at pop filters. And then I saw stands like pop filter combo. This is kind of cool. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy this. And I was like, well, let me bring the, I'm probably gonna bring in my green screen into the office too. And I might even get one that's like a roll up so I can keep it down when I don't need it and then pop it up when I need it. But like, I always tell people, you give a boss money, you give somebody who's boss minded money, 
and we're going to boss up even harder because I just enjoy being a boss. It's not even so much like I'm bossing up to get a boat or I'm bossing up to get Dior or I'm bossing up to get diamond chains or I'm bossing up to get a Lamborghini truck. Like, no, I just, I just like being a boss. I like this feeling. I like being able to dictate what I want to do. I like being able to help people. I like being able to serve people and being the client's best interest as opposed to being in the firm that I work for is best interest. And so um, that's the goal. I'm like, I, I am so focused on maintaining millionaire status first and foremost, but also taking the millions and growing it into 10 million, growing it into a hundred million. And so I'm looking like, that's all I really want to do. And quite honestly, I don't, I don't even invest the money that I have. I invest the money that I have coming in. And so the options community generates what it generates. And so my goal is to deploy that. So I'm like, okay, over the course of eight months, I want to deploy this so that I have a million dollars worth of assets. If it's a business that generates a million dollars in a year, I want to see if I can have 20 homes, if I can have 10 trucks, if I can have all these different things in part because it's intelligent to do so, but also what are you going to generate? Let's say I generate 20% off of that. That's another $200,000. I see my family be straight. And so we take, we take our income and we create more income we create more businesses. And it's such a hack because it's like, even my son's business is like all his money gets invested. I was like, man, this is crazy. He'll have like 25 grand next month. And I was like, we could buy him an asset. We can buy him some more vending machines. And even that, like the money that we're getting from one business, now it's going to get invested in stocks or the money we're getting from vending machines. It might get invested in more vending machines. When you start thinking the asset life, having a child is so straightforward, man. Sometimes I tell my wife, like, this is too easy. Yeah. Why'd they tell us not to do this? Cause all I did was level up my thinking. I had a son, I bought a vending machine route. I had a son, I ramped up my affiliate business. So now my affiliate business generates way more than it ever would have. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm just trying, my goal is not to, I was thinking about this. I was like, it takes way more than a million dollars to live a millionaire lifestyle. And so if you get a million dollars and you start living rich, you soon going to be broke. That's what lottery winners do. Lottery winners, they just get handed a bunch of money and they don't know how to do shit with it, but spend it. I know how to do some stuff with it and I'm planning to do a lot with it. And the very first thing is I bought a bunch of undervalued stocks. The other thing is I put some money in a robo investing account. And the only reason why the half million dollars sitting there is because of the house. Otherwise it'd be invested too. <laughs> assets buying assets. Now, at the beginning of the show, you were talking about some uh, mezcal and maybe think about uh, Jeezy and the deal he had with uh, Avion Tequila. Mm-hmm. We heard of that. Apparently, he became like a brand ambassador back in 2013. I guess they gave him some equity in the company. And in 2018, or early 2018, probably the end of 2017, they he sold his stake in the company. It's interesting. Yeah. Give me this up a quick lick. Avion. That was uh, made famous by Entourage. Uh-huh. I haven't really seen them do too much lately, but it was supposed to be like competing with Patron. It's funny how like whenever they have like one high-end level liquor, there's always like another higher-end level liquor coming around the corner. Right. But probably, you know what probably happened after him and the other guy sold their stake in the company or sold the company, the new, the new owners probably didn't continue to take it in the same direction, which is what happens. Mm-hmm. And then it falls off. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I think he still he stayed on with the company in some capacity. So, interesting. I know he also is part, like a part owner or part investor in uh, Figures Wireless, uh, mm. black-owned cell phone company. I'm trying to see how that goes. Moving on. So you had a tweet saying, "Build your own pyramids, write your own hieroglyphs." Where did that come from? Oh, I know where it came from. So I was on Twitter and there is this girl. She has a JD MBA, light-skinned mm-hmm. chick, and she has a, uh, a law firm. And it's it's super dope. When you work with your own, you get promotions and you get treated the way that you should. It's not just the income. It's also, okay, now you're director of this, as opposed to stay over there, little Negro boy, and do as we say. And so she started at this firm and then they made it like the director of this branch and then they decided to open up a whole new office in atlanta and put her in charge of it right and so she goes up there and then she posts something on on twitter and it was of her and like this girl from famu law mm-hmm. and she was like okay this is my new intern and i just thought it was so dope because i always tell people and i told i just got off the phone telling somebody this i was like you got to realize like Thai capital at this point is bigger than me like i got folks and I pay them good money. I was just saying, I, I pay, I pay two of my top admins $2,000 a month and they started out just making $500 a month. I pay like four or five other people $1,000 a month. I got like a $10,000 payroll at this point in time. And it's actually more. Mm-hmm. I got my, I'm helping my mom cause she does stuff for me. So I pay her, I pay Sheridan, I pay Layla, I pay Rashana. I'm probably paying at about $13,000 a month and guess what? It's all the black folks. And that's not even counting the affiliates because affiliates make about $10,000 a week. And the majority of them are African-American as well. And so when I talk about black business solving our problems, it's not just the person at the top, it's everybody involved. Right. And so when I saw her post that picture, I was reminded of the, the post that followed up from the Jewish phenomenon. And they were saying like these white firms these mega white firms wouldn't hire Jews. So what did Jews do? They protested to get them. In. No, they didn't protest. They didn't do that shit. They built their own shit. So they but own what do we do? Firms. We get into a situation like that and we're like, well, we need to get a law passed so that we can get in. Like, no, that's not how you do it. You kill them with success. You make them recognize and respect what you have going on. Because now you have these great big Jewish firms, Jewish law firms, and at this point, nobody can even tell it was Jewish founded or Jewish owned. Um, I heard that, like, so for example, you have Goldman Sachs. We're not even talking about law firms, we're talking about investment firms. They did the same thing with the investment firms as well. They built their own investment firms. They're like, we're not going to beg you to let us in because we know that doesn't work. I don't know how they knew it. I just know that that's what they did. And so I say it because when I, when I tweeted that, and I think Kendrick Lamar has this tone a lot, and I don't think people really get it, but he's a very, he, I don't think takes the victim approach. In fact, I've heard him say that before is uh, he's like, anybody's trying to play Vic Tutu. He's like, we've been doing that Vic Tutu too long. Like, I'm not, I'm not like playing the victim. And he, he kind of takes that powerful stance of like, we got to build our own pyramids. Like, we're not going to sit around waiting for them to build it for us. If it was going to work, it would have been worked. If anything, we become worse off now 
than we were pre-civil rights. We had families, we had communities, they were safe. Like back then, it wasn't a matter of like it being safe. It was a matter of it being like equal to white people. Like that was their thing is like, oh, it's not equal to white people, but what are people getting shot? Is it dangerous? Because what happened is you have a situation where this quasi equality and these equal like inclusion and stuff. And then what happens is you take the people like me and my family and you pluck them out of the hood and they don't live there no more. I'm not moving to Compton. I'm moving to Ontario ranch and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a lot of African-American people living where I live. And I don't know why that is. And California is kind of like that, but like I've always been the only African-American wherever I, wherever I go places because that's just been the aspiration. I don't necessarily think it's right, but I feel like it would be great if there were safe communities for people like us to live in because people don't do it because they don't like black folks. They do it because it's not safe and they want to make sure their kids are in safe, productive environments, especially as you become a parent. Visit GetLacesLaces.com Do your sneakers look just like everyone else's? Could your sneakers use an upgrade? Be sure to slide on down to GetLacesLaces.com and grab some premium laces. These laces will make your sneakers stand out, guaranteed. That's www.GetLacesLaces.com Premium shoes need premium laces. Go get yours now. You can also connect on social media at PrincipalPDMC. So that's all I was saying is, and this has kind of always been my forte. It's like, if they aren't going to let us in, build your own. Somebody said that about me today. They're like, you know, Charles always says, build your own. And that's what I say. If they aren't going to let you in their investment companies and their family office, if they're not going to promote you to that level, guess what? You get to build your own. Congratulations. It's going to be tough the first however many years, but after you cross that hump, you're going to be making money that's unfair. And I was thinking about that too. I was like, people look at, it kind of reminded me of like the over, like the, um, what was it? You'll work years being underpaid and then you'll start working and be overpaid. And right now I'm very overpaid for what I do. Um, and I thank God for it, but I've been grinding. And I, I told somebody, I was like, this, isn't, this, this hasn't been an overnight journey. It might appear as though it was overnight success, but I was just laying the foundation. And then when I saw my moment, I was able to pounce. I had the brand awareness to pounce. I had the connections to pounce. I know people and I'm still meeting more people. Crazy people hit me with the DMs all the time. Yeah, I just, I want people to build their own because there's so much that comes from building your own that isn't just having money to buy things. It's having the ability to create jobs, having the ability to teach people skills, having the ability to serve clients with dignity as opposed to just taking advantage of them. Because I think a lot of these firms, they take advantage of our people so much so that now they come to our firms and they think we're here to take advantage of them. Like, no, that's them over there. They don't give a fuck about you. They're gonna take advantage of you. I wanna love you. I, I, I told somebody, I was like, my track record speaks for itself. I've only done anything but promote and advance other people. That's all I do. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that, that should be the goal for all of us. It's not about the money. It's not a job alternative. It's not like, well, I was making money over here, but now I'm gonna make money in this business. Like, no, I was making money over there. I'm gonna make a difference with this business. I'm gonna change lives with this business. I'm gonna put people on with this business. I'm going to be able to direct my energy and effort towards closing the wealth gap. That's what we're trying to, we're closing the wealth gap. People every day are like, man, I made 120 grand. I made $43,000 this month. 
$43,000 in a month, Raphael, while still working your job, the wealth gap is what? $100,000? The wealth gap is $100,000, Raphael. People say that the average black family is worth $1,700. The average white family is worth $120,000. The wealth gap is $100,000. If we can get more people to that $100,000 mark, now we're winning and people are doing it through options every single day. Never thought of it like that, yeah. That is what they say, $1,700 versus roughly 100000 or whatever you say, or 120000 So if we just get everybody to 100000 plus, we can erase that gap. So you said stay low and keep working your plan, even if it looks like you took an L or got looked over. Man, so there's a, there's a, a producer named Hit Boy. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the most recent Nas album, you've heard him. And I was surprised because he produced the whole album. And apparently he produced a, a song for Big Sean. And I think he's supposed to be producing his whole album or something along those lines. But what was so telling to me is he used to be a part of a group and it was him and it was Chasing Cash. And people might not know Chasing Cash, but Chasing Cash did some work with Lil Wayne way back in the day. There's a song Will, uh, Lil Wayne made called like Pick the World Up and Drop It on His Head. And when he got that nod. Chasing Cash got that nod. Like it was a song performing on the Grammys, all this stuff. Like it kind of looked like Hit Boy got left behind. It looked like Hit Boy got looked over and that he wasn't going to get his shine because you're like, man, we're a group. We're supposed to be moving together. And now you got put on Lil Wayne level and I'm not even doing anything. And then Hit Boy kind of got his shine when he um, produced uh, Niggas in Paris by Kanye, uh, Kanye and Jay-Z. And that was big for him because that kind of became like the main song of their show. I'm not sure if you remember this, but they were touring and they like were determining how many times they could play that song like over and over and over again. So each city was like, okay, we're going to do it 10 times. We're going to do it 12 times. And then recently hit boy. Now he's, he's doing what he's doing now. And what I take from that is it might seem like people are getting ahead of you, but you got to just work your plan. You got to just continue to do what you're doing. And the same thing I kind of related to myself. It was like when I was in law school, I had friends who were killing it, getting promotions, going on trips, doing all this stuff. And I was like, my time is coming. I'm going to just hustle. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep working these bullshit ass jobs. I'm going to keep working, studying for this bar exam, doing what I got to do. And then you look up and it's like, I'm so far ahead of people. Like, I, I don't know if they can catch up unless they create something that is similar to what I've created. And the goal, and that's why I always tell people like small gaps become big gaps. And so I just, what I take from that is you got to know your plan. I've always been the entrepreneur type. I've never been the job type. And so my whole life I've run into situations where people are getting promotions in the job. They're doing all these cool stuff on the job. They're getting PTO, getting all these great benefits. And I've just never been that dude. I've always been building a business. And it can be frustrating because the reason why I did that and I went that route is because I knew the ultimate life that I wanted came from being a business owner. I knew that I could be the greatest employee ever and I would not get the life that I wanted because I've seen people do it. I've seen people make six figures, make $100,000, and they didn't have what they wanted. And so I kind of just decided I was going to keep my head down stay low and keep putting out content. When they were laughing, they were saying, why are you wasting time on that podcast? Doing free investment clubs. They're like, why are you doing that? I was, I never forget. I was thinking about this earlier and I was, um, when I used to work in the private family office 
And I was on like a conference call and the owner, he was like, hey man, what are you doing in there? I was like, oh, I'm doing a course and I'm teaching people about stocks. And he was like, why would they want to take care of advice about stocks? And I was like, mm. okay, all right, brother, brother. And like, I, I experienced that a lot working in the office. Like I, I experienced people doubting my abilities a lot. People just assuming like I couldn't do it. Maybe it was age related, maybe it was whatever related, but I, I take a lot of those things and it puts a chip on my shoulder. I'm not, I don't, I never take somebody's opinion of me as face value. I take it as a challenge. I'm like, okay, all right, that's what you think. I'm going to prove it to you and I'm going to work every single day. I'm going to stay in the office till eight, nine, 10, 11. I'm going to come in the office on the weekends. I'm going to do what I got to do and I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to throw it in your face. And so to anybody who's listening, who is on their journey, it's probably going to be a longer journey than you think. But that's why I tell people that you got to do it for more than just the money. I don't do this just for the money. I do it because my goal is to help us solve our problems. And so every day that I move us closer towards solving our problems, I'm successful. It might not look like money all the time. It might just look like a DM from somebody who was like, man, this changed my life. Man, thank you. Man, thank you for getting that conference call with my mom. I never really thought that I, because there's, there's this book called The Purpose Driven Life. And I was always afraid to read it. And I still haven't read it, even though I have a copy of it. But the reason why I didn't want to read it, because I didn't want it to tell me that my purpose was something other than money. I was like, no, nah, I want to get rich. Like, that's my goal. So I don't, if it's going to tell me something that's not, I don't even want to deal with it. But I started realizing, like, I do live a purpose-driven life. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. That's why I'm going to drive home and I'm going to listen to a book. I'm going to go home and listen to a podcast. My life is dedicated towards using my finance information to change the life of our people because that's where we need it the most. That's interesting. The purpose You mentioned the purpose-driven life. I forgot the name of that pastor that wrote that. Uh, Rick Warren. Rick Warren. I haven't heard about him in a long time. Yeah. That book, The Purpose Driven Life, last I heard, was the number one selling nonfiction book of all time outside of the Bible. Wow. I mean, that was like, last time I heard this statistic, it was maybe 10 years ago, maybe less than that. But it was at like 30 billion sold or something like, something crazy like that. Like, or 30 million sold. I forget what it was, but it was a crazy number. It was the number one selling book, nonfiction book of all time. I saw the Bible to the point where he was making so much money. He had, he was doing reverse types. He was typing 90% of his money and, and living off 10%. Really? That's what you That's can crazy. Do. That's what you can do when you make ridiculous money. You know, I'm sure it was not 90% of his money going to the church. I guess he's probably using some of it in the way he sees fit. Like, making a difference as he sees fit, but it's still a crazy concept. Like imagine what you could do if you could live off 10% of your money and put the rest you of it to work. You gotta make big money too. And put the rest of it to work. Check that out. I actually, I that, think that's, I, that's what wealthy people do though, man. Wealthy people, it doesn't take you, you, you don't need $2 million to live, but if you make $2 million on that, you're probably gonna put the rest of it to work. Chris invests so hard because he makes money he doesn't need. You make $150 in a week, get, what are you going to do with that? Probably live out of like a thousand. You don't eat more just because you have money. You <laughs> eat the same as though you didn't have money. And you right. drive and use the same amount of gas as though you didn't have any money. And that's why the rich get richer. He's going to put that all that money to work. That's funny. So I think somebody gave me that book too. It's, 
somewhere in a box or something. I never read it either. Mm-hmm. That's the top seven, but I never read it either. Maybe like the first chapter or two. I gotta read it one day. Uh, another book recommendation I have for the audience. Uh, Charles mentioned Goldman Sachs a little while ago. Check out Money and Power by William D. Cohan. Subtitle is How Goldman Sachs Came to Rule the World. Money and Power, How Goldman Sachs Came to Rule the World. Check that one out. I gotta check that out. Yeah, I started reading it like in the library or something. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I keep, I keep forgetting to pick it up. Gotta check that one out. Gotta make a difference. And you were talking about building safe communities and that's what that's what Chris Senegal is doing in Houston with that investment that we put our money in with the Fifth Floor Project in Houston. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could check that out on buytheblock.com. Christopher Senegal, uh, Fifth Floor Project in Houston. And Charles, you said all this online stuff will make you forget about your real life lessons. It's, it's so funny because people tend to paint you in whatever life they want to paint you in, whatever whatever light. And so you'll be surprised when you slide over to anti-wealth or get a wealth Twitter and you're just like, Charles said this, Charles said that, Charles is doing this. And I was like, man, like, that's crazy. And then I see my wife sending me a picture of like a schematic of the house and how it's going to look when it's laid out. And I'm like, I'm really building a house. Like I'm going to really have a house with my family. Mm -hmm. And my son's going to have his own room. He'll have more than one room. Like, and we got the money to take care of it all and never have to worry about a mortgage payment. And it's like, it's so easy to get caught up in the noise. It's so easy to get caught up in the chatter. It's so easy to get caught up in responding to criticism and then forgetting about your blessings, man. Like, I'm a very blessed individual. And I think with those blessings comes criticisms. But... That said, I realized why, like when you're when you're in church, I always took to my grandma's church and she was like, count your blessings. And I realized why you got to do it. And so I laid it out in a tweet. I was like, I got this. 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 I'm like, at, at the end of the day, I don't even know why I'm even addressing these folks. I only really do it because for the most part, my business runs through social media. And so if I have negative energy offsetting my positive energy, it could ruin my business. But like, if you don't even really go looking for it, you can't even see that the hate really exists. Because again, I think people overstate their their reach on social media. They think that, oh, I got 20,000 followers, therefore the whole world follows me. And they don't realize like, bro, there's millions of people in this world, hundreds of millions of people. I told people, I was like, million followers is the new 10,000. Like back in the day, if you had like that K after your Instagram, like, oh, it says 10K, it says 9K, it says whatever K. You thought you were doing something. Now M is what you got to aim for. If it says like the big, big dudes, like Dave Ramsey has like 12 million followers. And I think that's because more people are on social media these days. It's very easy to overstate somebody else's maybe effect on your life. And a lot of people who think that they have the ability to impact your life, again, Maybe they, they feel like they, they have a, a bigger brand than they do. And so I don't let anybody get in, in, in my way. I don't care how many followers they have. And I think I even saw that recently when I saw, like, there's a guy named Boniface, and he steals people's tweets. 
And like Aisha had posted something where he had stole her tweet. And Aisha has a very large following on Instagram. But that didn't stop Boneface's shine. I was looking. I was like, he's still doing his thing. He's still making money. He's still getting followers. And and so like even with like Jay Morrison and Tony the Closer, like Jay Morrison still has his followers. I think his followers have grown up. And so sometimes people will try to throw shade and they're actually just kind of directing their followers where to go. They're like, oh, yeah, don't, don't, like, Charles is doing this. And like, well, who's this Charles guy? And they go follow you. And it's like, he's, he's dropping bars. Because quite honestly, I'm not a bad dude. The thing is, is I've had run-ins with people because of my views. And so I'm learning that I, I can't really share everything that I'm thinking. I need to tweet based off of finance and business and keep it within that realm. But if it starts getting into gender issues and race issues or like things that are outside of my lane, I'm going to just keep my opinions quiet because people don't need to know what I feel about politics. And I feel like that's kind of the mature business thing to do mm-hmm. is you got to think as you like, but act like others. And that's like, I don't think that's the very first chapter in 48 laws of power, but it's up there. And so for, for me, I'm just, I'm starting to be more quiet about what I have going on. And a lot of it is because I have a lot to lose. And mm-hmm. so I'd rather, um, I'd rather, you kind of wonder what I'm thinking, then you know and hate me because there's people who feel very, very strongly about these things such that they will cancel you, they will drag you, they will turn it into a personal vendetta. And in business, it's just purse to kind of, it's, it's best to kind of be agnostic. It's like, I don't got no political views. I'm just over here, I'm just over here building, over here trying to help folks. Like, go somewhere else. Go to CNBC. Go to MSNBC if you want to hear political views. But I don't got them for you. Right, right, right. Before I start wrapping this up, I had a request from somebody to bring back the Mobile Barbershop update. Chronicles. Man, I'm actually Mobile Barbershop Chronicles, yes. Man, we actually have some stuff to talk about, too. Um, Good. So, Mobile Barbershop, basically, I'm so thankful for social media and that I sent somebody out to go take a look. And he, he did it today. I was like, hey, man, I was riding in. I hit up Lamontre, who's somebody else I met through social media. And I was talking to him because he, he kind of manages the tight acquisition side of the business. And um, shout out to Lamontre. And so um, I was kind of running through the different things we have to take care of. And I was telling him, like, yeah, um, I'm considering flying out to Atlanta, like, this weekend to get this truck. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing the you take it here you do it for me type stuff. Cause that obviously has not been working. And so um, I sent a text to the dude and I was like, Hey man, I'm flying out. And he was like, well, you can't do that because I'm out of town. And I was like, honestly, I don't, I don't really care where you are. I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to fly out there and I'm going to snatch the truck. If I got to put it on a tow truck, I got to put it on a tow truck. I was like, we're past being civil. I'm not doing that anymore with you. And so um, in order to do that, I wanted to at least make sure it was where it needed to be. And so I hit up somebody on Instagram who had done a look for me before. I was like, hey, I need you to go look for this. And he went out there and he's like, it's no truck here, man. And I was like, but the GPS says it's there. What's going on? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I'm at the address. And so I send a text to the barber. And I was like, yo, bro. I was like, why is the truck where it's supposed to be? And I sent him a picture. I was like, this, this truck's not there. I kind of wanted him to think that I was there. Mm-hmm. But people need, to, people need to know I got folks. And so... He didn't respond. And then I sent him a picture of the GPS showing where it was supposed to be. 
And I told him, I was like, now I got to call the cops, man. I got to call the cops to come get my truck. I was like, damn, you could have worked this out civilly. And so he texts me back. He's like, nah, man, it's not like that. It's not like that. Um, I'm out of town. I'll be back, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, let's get on the phone call. So he called me and he does what he does. He's a very good talker. He's a professional talker. And so now, apparently, he'll be back in town in two weeks, which means it's always a wait with him. Always a wait. It's like, yeah, two weeks, we'll do it. And then two weeks passes, and then I, I forget. I'm over here buying homes in St. Louis or something. And I don't get back to him for like another two months. But I got to get on him. I got to make sure that we get this thing. I'm going to just fly out there, hop on a plane, get this truck, take it back to where to go, clean it up, sanitize it, and then let's get back to business with other stuff. So that is kind of where we are with the truck. A big headache. But, you know, people – it's like with any business, any business, I think it's going to take about four years to boom. It doesn't matter if it's a barbershop or if it's real estate or if it's whatever. And so I take that same approach to this. I'm like, people wanted to be popping year zero, but we made a bunch of mistakes. And so now we figured out how we're not going to run the shop and we just got to kind of get back in the lab. Right. Right. After the new, New listeners, the Mobile Barbershop Chronicles is about when Charles started uh, the Todd Capital Investment Club, eventually they pulled their money and they bought a mobile barbershop and have had problems almost from the get-go with the barber who was supposed to be operating the truck and just been problems. So that was the update for this week. And you're going to wrap this up. You said, Charles, my real life over this social media stuff. In real life. It's crazy, man. They're going to they try to paint you negatively. And a lot of it is just jealousy. Um, and it's sad. I, would, I, would, I, would, I wish that it wasn't like that. But um, it is what it is. And we just got to kind of be immune to it and then continue to kind of level up and use this fuel. Yep. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Give us a a five-star rating on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you listen to this, man. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us that five-star rating. And shout-out to 24-7 Watches, man. They should be a sponsor. Look at that. That's a fire watch, huh? Mm, What's that, Fortune? That's the Fortune, man. Shout-out to Maya. She was a guest. I I, I told her, I was like, I'm going to buy it. I don't believe in you sending me free stuff, man. People think I just be talking. <laughs> and this is my third watch that I bought from her. I bought one for my dad. I bought one for my brother. And then I bought this one for myself. It's nice. I like this. I like the detail. It has 24-7 around the bezel, 24-7 on the, on the face. The box has 24-7 watches on it. Now her, like the, the actual like watch box has 24-7. And then the box that she ships it in has 24-7. And I oh, think yeah. that's dope. Like now she's kind of, she's figuring out her stuff, man. Yeah, four years. Four years. I, I remember I saw that on Twitter. She she has the new packaging going all out. Shout out to Maya Billingsley of 24-7 Watches. She was a guest on episode 52. Got to learn money before you make money. Anyway, make sure you subscribe. Give us a nice rating. Share this with your friends. Spread the word everywhere you can. And be on the lookout for the new Todd Capital course coming out. Advanced Options course. Dropping soon. Also, REIT money dropping soon. We're out to invest in REITs, real estate investment truck, 
Trust. Also, sign up for the new Todd Capital Business Mastermind Group. That one is already launched and already uh, allowing people to sign up. You can find I'm gonna that. I'm going to add you, Raphael. I got to add you, man. I won't charge you. Cool, cool, cool. ToddCapital.co is where you can find everything, or you can find the links in the show notes. As always, make sure you get that book, Money and Power, How Goldman Sachs Came to Rule the World. Also, if you want to check out The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, we, we give our recommendations here on this show. Like we said, check out all the new courses. You got to look up for that ebook dropping very soon. Don't be a little B. Start a little business. From yours truly and Charles, co-host of Tweet Talk, our first book that we're putting out. Shout out to the advertisers. Investorsateam.com, home of the official merch of Generational Wealth. You can't fire me, the boss. And also shout out to the, our other advertiser, Get Laced Laces. Make sure you upgrade your wardrobe, get you some new laces. You know, you can follow me on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Todd Billion. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. Follow the show, and also you can follow him at Todd.Capital. That's the company web, uh, company Instagram page. You can also follow at Man. That's the nonprofit. Follow the podcast at Tweet Talk Podcast on Instagram. We gonna make we're still making moves. We got started on a on a cell phone and an app. Mm. Uh, now we got a podcast editor. We got microphones. We got pop filters, boom mics. Lights and stuff, man. We make it moves. It's only gonna get better. Get started, get fancy later. Don't sure. they gonna make fun of they gonna make fun of the start, but just make sure you make it fancy. And we're making it fancy. Everything I do is fancy now. I I'm a, I manifest my fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Manifesting your fancy. I think that's the title of this this episode. I'll leave you guys with this one last tweet from Charles to think about. Their acceptance doesn't determine your worth. Episode 62 of Tweet Talk, the Blackwell podcast. Raphael and Charles, we are out. Thanks so much for listening. We value your time. And that's why we want to give you the best sounding, best produced quality of content we possibly can. And this podcast you've been listening to has been edited and produced by yours truly. I'm Donald The Voice. I'm a 10 year voiceover artist, narrator and production specialist that wants to see only the best life giving, equipping and long-lasting content be produced to help others. So if you have commercial video editing or other production needs, I'd love to talk with you. That's right. Visit DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page to talk about how we can work together to bring your content to life. Okay, so you're not an email person. Well, you can also contact me on Instagram at DonaldTheVoice or on Facebook.com forward slash Donald.TheVoice. I'm looking forward to talking to you.